Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're diving into the somewhat very... So somewhat very disappointing, somewhat a little bit encouraging performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers in a 37-30 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. They moved to three and seven. The season at this point is looking more bad than good, a little bit over at this point as we head into week 12, preparing for the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. But we'll take it back to Sunday. You watched the game. Wasn't great. It's a lot warmer out today. It was freezing for anybody at the game. The text actually I got from, I, I had a buddy that was in the stands. He goes, I texted him. I was like, yeah, how is it out there? He's like, pretty good now that I can't feel anything. I felt <laughs> like that described a lot of people that showed up to a game that they lost, which only makes things worse. But yeah, you were watching it. How are you feeling, my friend? Uh, feeling good. I didn't have to sit out in the cold and watch it, um, watch it from the comfort <laughs> of my home. But um, yeah, no, it was a weird, it was a weird game just in, that it was like, like you said, it was probably the most encouraging. Like they put up the more points than they ever had than they had before the season. There, I don't know. The defense held up real well for at least part of that game, but man, the, that that just felt really winnable. And if you're the guys in that locker room, you just have to feel like you let an opportunity really slip through your fingers. Oh yeah, and I think that's where you highlighted at this point. Like you look at that game and you think. Who let the opportunity slide through their fingers? Was it Matt Canada? Was it Kenny Pickett? Was it Mike Tomlin? Was it a terrible defense? I think that's something that's overlooked in this is that the offense scored 30 points and somehow the defense is virtually avoiding blame for a game that they lost and gave up 37 points to a backup running back. I don't know. It's uh, It was tough. You, you look back at it. What What is your... Biggest takeaway when it comes to that loss, you look at who to put the blame on. Who, where do you, where do you think your finger lies? Yeah, I don't know if this is much blame, but and I don't really know. If, this doesn't just fall on one person, obviously, but I, I feel like they continue to put so much on Kenny Pickett's plate and yeah. ask so much of him, ask him to do so much for this offense. Um, and it's just, it, it it's a little. 
not unrealistic. That's not the right word, but just the expectations for, for what he needs to do for this team to, you know, operate at its best just seems so high. Um, and I get it. He's older. He's played a lot of football, but at the end of the day, he's still a, a rookie quarterback and he's being asked yep. to, I mean, we saw it from the beginning, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, what, what fans were saying or, or just by the simple fact that like they were struggling and you throw Kenny Pickett into the fire just to give you something different. Like the expectation was always that he was going to, was going to basically save this offense, but he is, he is one small part of a really flawed offense right now. And he's just, I don't know. They just continue to watch games and think, why is, why is Kenny continuing to have to throw the ball so much every game? Oh, yeah. Why is he, you know, it, it, I don't know. Like there's so many more talented parts of this offense and they're just continuing to, and I feel like that's coloring what we're like the way that we're talking about Kenny. You yeah. Know? It, it, it's a hundred percent people. I mean, we, we pushed the narrative that Kenny wasn't going to save this team long ago. And I think that's the correct narrative should be the correct narrative has been the correct narrative, but to, to the Steelers, it kind of feels like they just totally ignored that. Like, Mitch Trubisky was not throwing the football 40 times a game. Kenny Pickett somehow is. You know, Mitch Trubisky was not out here supposedly having to score 30 points to win ball games. Kenny Pickett has to score 40 points to win ball games, and people are putting that on his shoulders. I think you look at Kenny, and there's a lot of Kenny that is really bad, like really, really bad. And I, I do want to get into what I saw from Kenny yesterday at some point, but just just when it comes to what's wrong with this team, Kenny is bad at points, like really, really bad in some areas, but he's a rookie. We keep pushing that is that he's a rookie. You know, you got to take your foot off the gas a little bit and just look at him realistically and say he's played in six games and not a lot of experience here. He's working with a very young team and a terrible offensive coordinator, but still they continue to throw the ball. And then they do, Things like they they take the lead and they completely take their foot off the gas and go three and out a couple of times. And then they put themselves in a situation where they have to throw the ball 25 times in the fourth quarter, because if they don't, they're just going to walk away losing by 17, 18 points. But you don't want to put yourself in that that situation. It just almost feels like the offense gains some juice. And then tries to say, okay, 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 well, look, at we're putting a lot on Kenny Pickett. We got to slow everything down, you know, and relax a little bit. And then they get caught from behind, and then they're looking at it again going, okay, 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 we got to throw the ball 45 times because that's the only way that we could win ball games. I don't know. It's, I mean, it, it comes back to Matt Canada, and I think that that that's not going to change as Matt Canada is once again proving that the dude's just atrocious at his job and he looked good in the first half. And then you immediately saw in that second half, like, Oh, look at the Bengals made adjustments and the Steelers have no idea what to do with them. Yeah. And I think Kenny, Kenny kind of said that, um, in his, in his, uh, in his, in his post game a little bit, just like, um, the, the, like playing from, it, or he, you know, it's it's a little frustrating for this offense because they do show flashes at certain points, like they'll have halves like that. I think you know against the Saints, it was the same kind of story. Like, except you know you were playing a less talented team, so you could kind of get away with taking your foot off the gas in the second half. But like, 
this team is capable of doing what they did in the first half just consistently. But like you said, just the the sense of urgency is not there in the second half when they, you know, when they put up 20 points and a half, then it kind of, that's kind of where it's, they get stuck. They get stuck on that 20 point number and they, yep. yeah, they surpassed it last night, but kind of barely like they, they kicked that field goal in the second half to, to make it 23 points. But then that last touchdown was kind of a garbage time one, you know, you can't, oh, yeah. um, it, it's hard for me to like truly count that as, you know, something positive that they did. Um, cause it felt like the Bengals were kind of letting them, letting them take it. But yeah, he said they know what it looks like. I think that was the the phrase Kenny used. Like, they they know what a balanced offense looks like. They know how that makes them more productive and harder to defend. And they are just not able to do it, be that balanced like they were in the first half for the entirety of the game. No, they don't even. And, and it's almost like they don't try because they see themselves. And, and that's the thing is, I think what worked so well in the first half is that the balance was there because the offense was clicking in the pass game and then using that to work the run game and vice versa. Then in the second half, it was, all right, well, we have to run the ball a lot. The running game wasn't working. And then they throw a six yard pass on third and 12 and say, oh, well, we didn't get a first down. So looks like that wasn't working. And went right back to a Matt Canada offense. I mean, somebody tweeted at me, during the game and said, do you think Matt Canada is calling this game right now in the first half? And I was like, yeah, like I, I, I think so. Like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that he's not. And then the second half rolled around and he tweeted back at me and I, and you know, I got to give him his props because he might be right. He's like, nah, this looks like a Matt Canada offense. And I don't think that he wasn't calling the plays in the first half. What I think was he has no idea how to adjust. And once his game script is up, he just, he just starts cycling plays through. And at that point, it's just, it's just over. Like he, if you, if you could figure out what the Steelers are doing well and then stop it, Matt Canada doesn't have a backup plan. He's got one set of plays. And then after that, it's just, okay, well, we, we tried, you know, we scored 23 points. It looks like that's not going to be enough today. Looks like it's over. And I mean, it's just getting worse and worse by the week. And it stinks because a 30 points, just like you said, that last touchdown was garbage time. Touchdown doesn't really count. But 30 points, if this was six weeks ago, we'd be like, oh, okay, you know, this is a win for Matt Canada. This is huge. But at this point in the season and how that played out, you're looking at it going, you know, sometimes you got to score 50 points to win a game. And Matt Canada would never in a million years be able to do that because he just doesn't have the tools in his bag and he doesn't know how to utilize an offense and he doesn't know how to carry momentum throughout. 60 minutes, just like you said. There's a lot of a lot of bad yeah. when it comes to this. And I think the other side of the ball, too, like you can't take blame off the defense. You get Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt back, and everybody's talking about how good this defense is going to be, us two, all week long. And then they walk in there and they give up 37 points and could do virtually nothing to stop Cincinnati. I think you have to put some blame on that as well. Yeah, um, I think, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I can't. Uh, we're, we're going to say this a lot, but like this whole team is flawed in a lot of ways, you know, no, yeah. no one unit of it is perfect, but you know, the defense was obviously affected by, especially in the second half, the fact that they were on the field so often, um, 
they're facing, you know, even without Jamar and, and Joe Mixon, this is like a deep offense. Um, but it's still one, like you said, that I I saw that over and over in yesterday, and it, it's the uh the highest paid offense and or highest paid defense in the league. Yeah, hundred and three million dollars. Yeah, and you know, some point at a certain, you know, point like money is just the money and that, you know, that doesn't actually say anything about your play, but like this was this was the defense that everyone knew that they were gonna have to lean on um yep. if they wanted to win games. Uh and it's I don't know, it's just not it hasn't panned out that way, you know? They've never you know, outside of that Cincinnati game really, and I guess the Saints game, I don't know. I've not been they haven't looked like what we kind of expected of them, you know? Like the yeah. the late collapses, you know, and a lot of that can be you can shift a lot of blame to oh the offense puts them on the field too often like they they have all these drives and they're spending so many minutes on the field but at the end of the day the highest paid defense has to really play like the highest paid defense especially when you're facing an undermanned team yeah exactly and they're they're just not like and, and there there was reasons but at the same time like i think i watched monte kz walk on the field for the first time in the fourth quarter last night and I was like, yeah. I watched him go out there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, totally forgot DeMonte KZ was on this team. Like, 100% forgot about it. They just don't – they're not utilizing their defense. And at the same time, like, Devin Bush had a good game and Robert Splane had a good game, but Larry Ogunjobi was nowhere to be found. Cam Hayward was very, very, very silent for a guy that absolutely tore up a rookie offensive guard in week one and then looks like he was going to do it again on the opening drive and then totally disappeared from there. You know, Cam Sutton, they, they barely went to his side. Levi Wallace gave up a couple of really big, big plays, even though he came up with the interception. Minka was pretty much absent. You know, TJ Watt was, eh. Alex Highsmith was, eh. It's just, it's just a lot of guys that you want to be superstars that aren't being superstars. And yeah, I, I mean, and then I, I don't even know where to go. I think you eventually start to ask yourself, like, did we misevaluate? Like, TJ yeah, is TJ, Minka is Minka, but like the kind of supporting cast of the around those guys that you thought were really going to be able to step up and, and, and I don't know, like th- that you thought were going to be, I guess, better and take a step forward, you know, just, uh, and you just start to wonder, did we have our expectations too high for those guys that are yep. around Minka and TJ? Yeah, you got to start thinking maybe building a team instead of constructing it from the ground up through the draft is not the way to go. You know, like maybe don't fill your gaps with Larry Ogunjobi and Miles Jack and, you know, Levi Wallace and all these guys and instead just go and actually get players through the draft that you can develop and turn into TJ Watts and Alex Highsmiths and Cam Haywards and Minka Fitzpatrick's and, cam sutton's you know like at that point you have guys that have played together which is huge when it comes to defense if you're meshing and they're veterans and they are proven talent because you develop them and i just they haven't done that in a long long time the steelers haven't done that and i think it's just coming i think it's coming back to bite them in the butt i think that's what's wrong with this defense right now is the fact that nobody has played together and the steelers like expected that to work and it's just not, it's not working, you know, like it's, n- you need young talent that you could build and they have yeah. virtually none of it right now. They don't have outside of DeMarvin Leal. They don't have a single piece to that defense that you look at and go, all right, well, 
you know, two, three years, that guy will be pretty good. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Um, yeah. I agree. All right. Let's. Um, oh, yeah. good. No, I didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, Kenny Pickett. I, I got some thoughts on Kenny Pickett. I got some thoughts on Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And then a word from Cincinnati Bengals linebacker talking a little bit of smack on how easy it is to defend the Pittsburgh Steelers. But first, as the holidays approach, we got a word from our boys over at True Classics. The holidays are almost here, and there's plenty of T-shirt cheer thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say this is a gift that the ladies will appreciate too. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do so too. Get 25% off True Classics with our exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash allstealers. And the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash allstealers. If you're rocking a Santa bod, True Classics might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on certain body types. Well, True Classics team designed t-shirts to make the fellows of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. These tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is a desirable look that can be achieved by any body type. They give you the wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality of the t-shirts is elite. From going to the gym to your first date, there is no better look than a fresh tee. They offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos to workout shirts to even boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable. They make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with their elite, true classic quality. They have a pack builder on their website where you can custom bundle all you want and save even more. And for the big fellas out there, they have long options for the tall guys and up to three XLs. True Classic also makes the perfect gift or a stocking stuffer for all the men in your life. Dad bods got you covered. Ripped bods, you know it. Your average Joe, yes, sir. Get yourself or someone you love the number one gift on Santa's list. It's a gift for you, but really, it's a gift for her. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash allstealers. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash allstealers. Santa won't be the only thing slaying thanks to True Classics. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about Kenny Pickett. You watched his game yesterday. We just said throwing 42 times in a game is way too much. You know, I agree with that one. I don't think anybody could disagree with that one. He's a rookie. He shouldn't be throwing the ball 42 times. You shouldn't be putting that on him. At the same time, just looking deeper into what I saw on film. And I went back last night after the game and and I rewatched it on uh, not the all 22, but just like rewatched the 30 minute little mm-hmm. little thing that you could do without the the interruptions and everything. And the biggest thing that has stood out to me for weeks now, and I think is somewhat getting worse, is the fact that Kenny Pickett's ability to find an open receiver is awful. And it's getting to the point where, you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna stay strong. I'm not gonna 
waver from what I've been saying this entire time, and that's it's a rookie quarterback. You can't judge a rookie quarterback as much as you're going to judge anybody else. That being said, I would like to see some progression, and I think we're hitting a point where there is none, and it's starting to worry me because it's it's getting obvious in plays like like the play where Pat, Pat Fryermuth got hurt, where he got kneed in the stomach. George Pickens is standing three feet to his right, wide open for 45 seconds. And then Kenny somehow finds Pat Fryermuth, who's in almost double coverage. And there's a number of plays like that where you just look at Kenny and you say his ability to recognize an open receiver is, is very, very bad. And it's, uh, it is becoming a concern for me. Um, yeah. I was a little more concerned, I think, with like the like quality of the throws. You know, I don't know how much the I mean, you were at the stadium, you were able to see see more of the field and understand more of what those reads were. Um, I, you know, watching from home, I was struck more by like the quality of the throws. There were so many that were just I thought we kind of made the right read or made a decent read, but was throwing behind or throwing um you know, just leaving things short, sailing things, you know, he was a little inaccurate, which that concerned me. Um, but yeah, the, the decision-making is just such a, and I get you like, you don't want to, it's not that you don't want to judge him because, you know, you gotta, you gotta like evaluate him like everyone else, you know, he's a, he's a starter. They've, they've put this on him. They can't, you know, hide him or protect him from that. But the thing is, I think just to not completely throw him out um, right yeah. now, we're assuming that this is this is who Kenny Pickett will be for the rest of his career. But yeah, uh, but I, I I don't know. Like, yeah, you want him to make progress, but what what kind of what are we looking for? You know, and what are we looking for within this within this environment? You know, when he's yeah when he's being charged with accounting for so many other flaws that this team has, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't mean to take the blame off of Kenny, but who's like, where's the help coming from? Like, how are we making this easy, any easier on our rookie quarterback? Who's clearly struggled. Who's clearly needs some time to adjust to the NFL. I, I don't know how they're, they're making this an advantageous situation for him. All right. So I agree with that, you know, and I, and I, I agree with that. And I will take that into account as I move forward that he doesn't have any help. He's got the worst offensive play caller in the national football league and that, and he's throwing the ball 50 times a game. Like, you know, those are all very, very big negatives, huge negatives. He's got no defense support. I, you know, I get it. I, I agree with all of that. I think I would just like to see some progression. And I think that's what worries me is that I wanted to see progression from last week to this week. And I thought that this was going to be the opportunity to do so because the Bengals were starting a second round rookie on the outside at cornerback and Eli Apple Apple was their other starting cornerback. I thought that was a prime opportunity for George Pickens and Deontay Johnson to just go off. And I thought George did go off, but there were a lot of times where I was sitting up in the press box and you know, they the offense would line up and you'd watch a cornerback step right up on George Pickens and you'd go, oh, well, that's a touchdown. There's no safety help over here. Like you have to you have to look at George in that. And then George would beat him and he would put his hand up and he'd be looking at Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett would be on the completely opposite side of the field 
with his eyes working his way back to George. And by the time he found him, George can't run any farther because at that point, Kenny can't throw the football that far. That's what worries me. Is that like, I don't know. Like I, I, he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't even have to do that more than like two or three times a game, but I want him to be able to step up to the offensive line, look around and say, Oh, look at that. You know, that is, that's my cue that George is my first read here. And we have to make that adjustment. And I get, I get that, you know, Matt Canada is telling him look here first and then move this way. But you got to take that out. You got to put that in your own hands. Like you're, you're an NFL quarterback. You are, you've made it to the big leagues because of your ability to play quarterback. It's the smartest position in football. You got to be able to go out there and just recognize at least twice, you know, like once or twice a game and I'd feel way better, but there was zero times, like absolutely zero times. What what worries you more? Does the accuracy worry you more or does his inability to spotlight these things? Like, what do you think he could, what worries you that he can't progress with, that he's, that he's just going to kind of stall out before he gets good? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, well, I think the accuracy is just... Like, I think reading a defense just kind of comes with time. Like, at least it gets easier with time in theory. Um... You know, that's no guarantee, but that's a thing that you can very easily say, okay, more experience, more snaps, more games that that's something that's going to, that you can logically say, well, just get better simply by the fact that he's been, he's, he will be out there for a while. The accuracy thing concerns me more just because that's kind of who you are. Like you don't like at this point, he's 24 years old. Like you don't magically get better at throwing a football when you're 25 or 26 or 27. Um, so that's just how I think about it. Um, I just, I want to ask you like, so is it like the big plays that you think he's missing or that he's not able to pick out a mat, like find a receiver he likes, pick out a matchup he likes pre-snap. Cause I will say Um, like, that sounds like you're, that sounds like a lot of thing that that sounds like something that I've heard or seen people say that he's locking onto one read and one route and not coming off of it. Yeah, and I, I I think he does come off of his first read, but it takes him a minute. And I think that's the thing is that in his head, he understands, okay, in the playbook, when we line up, Pat is my first read, and then Deontay is my second read. When And then when they get to the line, you know, he does a scan, but I don't think he's actually taking anything in because I think he's already got it in his head like, okay, Pat's my first read. Deontay's my second read. And when you actually look at the field, you you realize like, oh, look at that. George is in press coverage right now, and there's no safety help. At that point in your head, you have to adjust. You're the quarterback, and you got to go, that is going to be an open receiver. I get that Pat is my first read, but I got to go here first. We'll go Pat second. And even if it's like quick, like even if it's like, a, okay, no, nothing. Let's go back here. You know, that that comes with instinct. That's got to be a lot harder or a lot easier said than done. But 
I don't know. Like he, he's got to be able to do that. That's what makes great quarterbacks. Great is their ability to walk up to the line and say, okay, look at this. Is, like I could re I already know exactly what's going to happen before it actually happens. And in Kenny's head, I think right now it's just, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I, I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, I, I need him. He needs to adjust to that to become more fluent. But I do think that comes with time. I just, I don't know. Like I, I would like to see, I don't need it to be perfect. I just need to see something, you know, and there's nothing like there's not even a little bit of anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I, I don't know. Just like we're that, like, I, I get it. We want him to be that, but like you said, that's what the great quarterbacks do. You know, Kenny's not great. Yeah. 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 Won't be no, great I don't think it. he's like, good. But if he did it twice a game, you know what I mean? Like if, if, cause Georgia had like a dozen of those opportunities on Sunday. And I know because I was sitting there the whole time, Georgia's on my fantasy football team. And I was sitting in the press box, just like, Oh, this is a touchdown. This is a touchdown. And then time and time again, he'd be running down the field with his hand up like this, like waving it on. And Kenny's not even acknowledging his existence. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, if that happens, tw- like if, if, if George only does that three times a game and Kenny doesn't hit him at all, that's okay. Like that, that happens, but the amount of times it happened yesterday, it like, it made me, it made me nervous. And I'm, I'm more concerned about that than I am like the George is wide open on the sideline, but he throws it to Pat Fryermuth. Like that stinks. Like you should be able to see that George is right there open. I get that, but there's a, there's a million things going on at one time in that situation. I just want him to be able to process a play before it's snapped to be able to say, okay, this is not what we should be doing here. What did you make of the protection? Because I gotta be honest, I thought it was pretty bad, especially in the yeah. second half. Yeah, it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't great. The second half was pretty bad. I think that plays a little bit of a role into it as well as the fact that he's always got to escape the pocket. But I think that's the same thing. Like, I think to some degree, you gotta you have to be able to realize, like, okay, if I prepare myself well at the line of scrimmage i could overcome bad like bad protection you know like if you get up to the line of scrimmage and you realize okay look at you know george is over here one-on-one coverage deontay's over there in one-on-one coverage they're both pressed chances are i could get the ball out quick to one of those two then if there's bad cover or bad protection and you got a lot of people in your face you at least understand that there's an opportunity for one of these guys that you could give them the ball, you know, like you just toss it up. George Pickens is going to come down with the ball, you know, five times out of 10. Deontay Johnson's going to be open most likely, you know, but if you're not, and you're just sticking to the, okay, this is what the game plan is. You find yourself running out of the pocket because your first read wasn't open. I just think that it all kind of goes hand in hand, but that's not me taking away from the offensive line. The offensive line did not have a good game. Dan Moore week by week is showing us that that dude it may, might not even belong in the NFL after after this season mm-hmm. yeah no i was i felt like especially in the second half kenny was running for his life so often um it was not it was not pretty um and yeah i just i don't i don't know how many of these play like we, we keep talking about i don't know yeah i i i understand the pickens thing i understand the like someone's pointing out in the comments, like George, George had an op- had an opportunity to make another, to like surpass a yeah. hundred yards, catch another touchdown. Oh, yeah. Like there was, I think a that was the other him. thing I wanted to talk about is that, did you notice that at the end of the game, they just gave up. 
Like George and Deontay just gave up. They did not want to be out there at all. There was no running. Like Kenny would, like you said, Kenny would would run for his life, and then he'd look down the field, and Deontay just be standing there, just like, all right, well, I ran my route, not open. George, you know, like we've seen George come up with catches that should not be able to come up with, mm-hmm. and he's going to drop a pass that's right in his hands at the goal right. line. That's not going to happen. You know, he yeah. checked out well before that play. Mm-hmm. Do, do you put that on those guys? Do you put that on Canada? Who do you put that on? Um, well, no, you can't. Like, no matter who your coaches are, like, you should be expected to play hard the entire game as long as you're out there. Um, you can't put that on anyone besides those those guys that aren't giving the proper effort. But yeah, I mean, look, like the the Deontay stuff is a little concerning. Like he, you know, it's they're very vocal about their frustration. Um, I, I you know, I, I. I don't think they hate each other, but I think Deontay just feels a lot of pressure. You know, I think he mm-hmm. he's looking at that contract he signed. I think he's looking at what he expected of himself and maybe thinking a little bit like not even that. I, I, I don't even think he's thinking, oh, is Kenny bad? Did I hitch my horse to the wrong wrong wagon? But I think he's thinking if I'm as good as I think I am, like why am I why am I signing up to be a part of a rebuild for X yeah. many years, like for the rest of this contract that he just signed, you know? Yeah. And a rebuild that he's not going to catch many passes for like four receptions for 21 yards is not a Deontay night at all. Mm-hmm. And like he, I do got to give him props that he, he, you know, he did help hold back. I will say he was pissed in the locker room, pissed. He, mm-hmm. he did not want to talk to the media at all. He made it very clear. Like, what are they going to possibly ask me? Well, how about the fact that you're not involved in the offense? That's pretty that's pretty big. And then when he was asked about it, he said, I don't really want to speak on that much. A lot of stuff is out of my control. I know that it looks like I don't be involved like that, but it is what it is. It's the situation I'm in. So I got to deal with it. Any football player would be frustrated. I just got to keep playing. I mean, in my head, it's more of a concern of are George and Deontay going to be able to work together long-term because George is going to be the number one. Like George is going to surpass anybody in Pittsburgh and be the go-to guy. Is Deontay okay with being a 50, 60 yard per game guy once a quarterback, if it's Kenny or whoever else gets that figured out? I that's a big question mark for me. Yeah. And I think one of the most damning things was the fact that Kenny knew they were doubling Deontay. Well, he said they were doubling Deontay a lot. And the fact that they couldn't do anything to get him open. You know, there was no they couldn't take advantage of the fact that that Deontay was getting double teamed and they couldn't do anything to to get Deontay loose. Um that's a that's a concerning thing too. Um and yeah, I, I completely agree with you that George is gonna surpass, you know, kind of take over that that quote unquote that unofficial number one role. Um and just you wonder where Deontay kind of fits into all of this as he gets older maybe expects more of like his just the season to season results um, for yep. whatever teams he's playing for. Like, I don't know. It just, the, the, I, I feel like the more he, he plays in this offense and for this team, he's questioning why he signed that contract in the first place. Oh yeah. Signed that it's, hitting him, it's, it's hitting him hard that he no longer has a hall of fame quarterback and that they can't work their way out of bad play calling and a bad run game and a bad offensive line like that all comes with Ben Roethlisberger it doesn't come with Kenny Pickett 
So he's in, he's in a tough situation. I'm very interested to see how the future, what the future holds for him this season, because I think it's a 50% chance that he completely just gives up and just says, I don't, I don't really want to be here. I think it could get way worse to the point where he asks for a trade. Um, and I don't ever want to be that guy, but it just, there's just a feel that like, if you're Deontay Johnson, you understand your worth and you understand that that's not going to be valued here. So mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And then at the same point, you know, I thought George followed suit with them and I need to see more from George as well, because George definitely gave up on that game as well. And I get it. Like, you know, you're frustrated, but I, if you're not going to stay cool, calm and collected in the heat of battle, then at the at late in a game like that and, and be able to come up with a catch like if he comes up with that catch, I'm, uh, you're you got to realize you're still in the game like you have to get an mm-hmm. onside kick. Definitely. But instead of. 25 seconds or whatever that was on the clock when they kicked the onside kick you'd have a minute 10 like it's a whole other ball game if you get that ball back you have an actual shot and he was just like now nah, we're already done we lost you know that's not that is not a guy that's not a guy that you want out there and i think both of them kind of gave up very concerning but we talk a lot about how wide receiver is a little bit of divas so at the same time you gotta you gotta take the bad with the good and realize this kind of stuff kind of happens um the the last thing I want to talk about here is sticking with the offense. I mean, we've kind of already known this, but the more it comes out, the more you got to address it. Uh, who was it? It was uh Bengals linebacker. Jermaine Pratt said to CBS sports yesterday after the game about the uh, Steelers offense. He said it was just us giving them plays. We knew what they were going to do. They like to do the same plays over and over. And from, I talked to the guy that interviewed him. He said that it wasn't like in a, I'm trying to stir things up kind of way. It was a very straightforward, like, yep, it's a very easy offense to defend. Is that as bad as, as it gets from an opposing team to say, yeah, they run pretty much the same plays over and over again, which you saw. I mean, you could take, you can make it as simple as Kenny Pickett ran an option route it didn't work. And then on the, on the next play, they ran an option route again and it worked. And if it didn't work, you're sitting there going, what the hell was that? But the fact mm-hmm. that it worked, it, it kind of got excused, but that does happen uh, seemingly all the time. And it just, you know, in Madden, that's fine in real life. That's not what you could do in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, look, he wasn't, he clearly wasn't wrong. Like he knew what was coming yet. He Pratt was the second leading tackler. He had two tackles for loss. Like, he had a good day and I don't know that I think that tells you what you need to know. Like he knew what was coming and it showed up in the, in the box score. Um, I think it goes back to what we talked about, you know, second half adjustments, one team makes them, the other team doesn't. Um, yep. And yeah, that's, that's, it's one of the most important things that an NFL offense needs to do is, uh, is adjust at halftime and adjust on the fly. And, read what's see what's happening in front of them and then say, this is how we are going to, you know, this is how we are going to outsmart them and outsmart our opponents and zig when they're zagging. And the Steelers, especially on offense, have not been able to do that at all this year. No, no, haven't even, uh, haven't even like attempted to, it doesn't feel like, like it, it, it would be one thing if, like week two, you're like, all right, there's really no adjustments. And then like week 11 came by and you're like, all right, there's adjustments. They're just really bad. Now it's just like, there's no adjustments whatsoever. So like we said at the beginning of this, like you could see that once the script runs out, the Steelers just stop 
just stop moving. Like they just, mm-hmm. they don't have anything left. And that's how I can't like, we're 11 weeks into the season, 11 weeks into the season. You couldn't come up with any adjustments, any attempt at an adjustment, come up with an adjustment before the game starts. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if they start doing this, we're going to do this. It's, it doesn't mm-hmm. even seem like they have any of that. They just have, okay, this is what we're going to do. All right. Stopped working. All right. That's it. That's We're done. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, um, it's, it's really, 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 really bad, you know, really bad. And Macan is not going to get fired, but yeah. When's the last time you think they played better in the second half than they played in the first? Oh God. Has that happened at all? Maybe I like don't the, know. Yeah. Maybe like the Jets game. Yeah. The Jets game. I mean, it like when Kenny, right when Kenny came in at right, that was the, that was Kenny's first action, right? Yeah. The Jets game, the box game, anytime they changed quarterbacks, that's when, but I think that, that like to a degree, the script just kind of like restarted itself. You just had a different quarterback out there. It was for when Kenny went in there, it wasn't even that it was just like, okay, we don't trust this guy to throw the football. So he's got to run the football all the time. So he's just going to take off. And that was more Kenny, I think than anybody. And then when Mitch went out there, it kind of almost felt like they restarted the script and they were like, all right, we're just going to start over. We got a new quarterback. They shouldn't be able to figure it. And they didn't, they weren't able to figure it out. But besides those two games, if there's been a quarterback in from start to finish, the Steelers have not played a complete football game. Mm-hmm. At all. And even in those games, they played a terrible first half both times. Yeah. So you can't even, you can't even say it was a complete game. Yeah. Right. It was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, again, like they're not going to get rid of Canada, but I think every week that passes at this point, it's more of a embarrassment to guys like Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin that they are putting up with this instead of just taking an L. And like, I don't think it does any good for, for Kenny Pickett. I don't, but I think just for the face of the franchise, like how embarrassing is this? You know, like who do you know that's talking positively about Matt Canada these days? And on any level, like national level, local level, fans, not fans. Do you know anybody who's like, oh, I got to give Matt Canada the benefit of the doubt? No, no. Well, because exactly. Matt Canada hasn't, Matt Canada hasn't earned that. Like at no, at any level. Like it's no. He had he has to prove it, and he hasn't. So yeah, exactly. He just he he can't he can't seem to do it. You know, he just and I just think that at this point you're looking at that and you're thinking like. People are laughing at you, you know, like people are actually laughing at the Pittsburgh Steelers and their resilience to keep a guy that nobody in football believes should have a job. It's uh, it's crazy. It's a little mind boggling. Um, Almost went this entire podcast without screwing up a word. And then (laughs) right at the end there, right at the end. All right. On that note, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your audio podcasts. And as always go check out all of mine and Steven's work at all Steelers.com. I'll be back tomorrow with my Steelers to go. And then Wednesday, me and Steven will be back for another episode. Enjoy your day. Everything's going to be good. We'll get over a, uh, a disappointing Monday as we will. It's beautiful outside. Go enjoy it. Peace. (laughs) 